mercy. It's a case of start as you mean to go on, Ed. I'm in celebratory mood. Oh, dear. There's going to be some singing. <laughs> How are you? How much did you enjoy it? How sweet is the victory? And to quote Robin Van Persie, now that you've had the taste of it, are you hungry for more? I'm very hungry. I, on a scale of, of naught to orgasmic, you're going to have to call me a taxi, Paul. <laughs> Yeah, of course, the right kind of hunger and appetite for the game shown by Manchester United. It's funny because on the show last week, we were trawling back through the season's fixtures to try and find a convincing performance from Manchester United. And there were few and far between. But by heck, did we get one on Monday night? What a way to win it. Well, we got 34 minutes of convincing performance. I mean... It was absolutely blinding from United, wasn't it, for the opening half hour. Just as such a fantastic performance. No shred of nerves. I mean, the early goal obviously helped everything. But it's you kind of get a sense of what Ferguson must have said in the dressing room. Because we've had a lot of tentative performances recently. And he was obviously in full Henry V mode, I think, telling them exactly what was on the line. And they came out and performed absolutely fantastically for the first half. OK, after half time it dropped off. But, you know, you've got to say that was expected, right? I don't lay any blame on them for for the intensity dropping after the game and the title was won and it was party after that wasn't it absolutely and i mean you know it wasn't that kind of second half slump thing it really was just job done the relief and joy in the celebrations that the first goal the the kind of two cheek exhale from van persie as he wheels away having scored that goal and it you can see it hitting him what's happening because you know even though obviously they would have all been very confident that they would win the title it's different being confident that something is going to happen and that thing having happened and then and then oh what a hit Second goal, absolutely amazing stuff. I mean, just a beautiful ball from Wayne Rooney. I mean, he, he must have been, what, 70 yards or so from goal, just floated it over the top, and, and the technique from Van Persie was outstanding to score. Fitting goal for, for the occasion, I think, in many ways. I mean, just the elation, the celebration, Van Persie's dance around the pitch, you know, everything was absolutely fantastic. The tweet, the viral tweet doing the rounds, first goal wins the title, second goal, goal of the season, third goal, golden boot. Beautiful. Job done from Robin Van Persie. Golden Boot pretty much locked up now as well because Suarez has been locked up for trying to eat Branislav Ivanovic. In Uruguay, Branislav Ivanovic means sausage. Fact. Fact, yeah. Brilliant football from United for the first half. The, the third goal, also wonderful. Ryan Giggs. I mean, you see the team sheet, and I was kind of like, oh, no, because I suspected it would be Kagawa on the left and Giggs in the middle and Rooney and Van Persie up front. But brilliantly, it was the the kind of team that you'd hope they lined up the way that you would hope that they would line up when you see the team sheet of Rooney in the middle alongside Carrick and uh, Giggs in left midfield and Kagawa as the second striker. And it just worked so well because Ryan Giggs is still an absolutely brilliant left midfielder. Well, when he burst past the the fullback, you know, you thought it was Ryan Giggs of twenty years ago. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a little more flexible than that. I thought. I mean, Kegawa floated. Ryan Giggs came central a lot. He didn't sit on the the wing all of the time, and so I thought that you know they played it very smart. And uh, of course, it wasn't Giggs in central midfield all the, all the time, which was very much welcomed. I thought. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it just worked really effectively, but he combined brilliantly with Van Persie for the third goal. Want wonderful scenes between the two of them as well. They've obviously got quite the bond. And the Manchester Evening News, this should not have made me as happy as it did, but the Manchester Evening News player ratings, it's like, you know, 777-8888, and then Van Persie, 20. <laughs> it was just the absolutely brilliant. 
it was all about him, wasn't it? He had 20 written on his back, and that was the whole thing why he took that number, because he was here to help us get 20, and... He scored the hat-trick with an absolute world-class goal to do it. And the whole team looked really impressive. But it really did show the absolute class. And, and you said we'd talk about some of the quotes. There, there's so many amazing quotes in that game. After that game, Sir Alex calling Ryan Giggs a unique freak. He said, he's a freak, a unique freak. who's trying to make it better, I think. when He was like, oh, let me add a word that sounds more positive than freak. Well, yeah, I mean, some some great reaction afterwards. The, the funny thing about the 20 thing is it's becoming a little bit of a cliche, and I kind of, I hope next season we don't talk about 21, right? You know, the whole point about 19 was that it was to overtake Liverpool, which is already a little bit, it's a little bit looking at someone else, isn't it? <laughs> we don't want to become City here, where there's a chip on the shoulder and we're always looking at, you know, at someone else's achievements, or lack of it in this case. So, you know, I, I think that can kind of be put to bed united there's some clear blue water between united and liverpool now in terms of the number of titles won you know and of course i'll chase 21 next season but then it just becomes a marketing gimmick so i think we can drop that one i, I don't expect they will you know it's not going to happen no it's not i mean i was having a grumble before the uh, before we started recording about united's champions micro site they have on the website uh, which obviously was developed before and a little bit presumptuous but we'll forgive them that one i think with the number of points uh, there is a head of city in the league but they asked for registration details in order to go view the content you know and frankly after being a, a fan for three decades now and having been associated with the club with season tickets and league match ticket books and uh, every other name they've come up with over the years and memberships and all that and e-memberships and and various other stuff they have my details they know where i live <laughs> they do i can't believe you brought how early in the show is that like we're less than 10 minutes in probably and you've managed to grumble 10 minutes into the title celebration right cast that's impressive work that's this is a very 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 minor grumble <laughs> it is very minor grumble. Uh, bigger grumble martin lipton now you know seriously <laughs> what is this on seriously so ever gets chucked a comedy arm uh, which he has a nibble of and martin lipton goes on a rant about the boston bombings i mean seriously seriously man you know get over yourself talk, talk about the most agenda driven thing you've ever seen proper Incredible. parody stuff that wasn't it the, the the response to that not just lipton but just people real human beings Shocking, absolutely unbelievable. Um, I believe it was a, a, the uncle of a rank cast listener, apparently, George Dearney from South Africa. He used to play for the South African national team. And uh, apparently it was his uncle that, that chucked the uh, severed arm. So if that's true, that's, uh, that's pretty amazing stuff. Uh, quite the claim to fame. <laughs> great stuff. Yeah, great, great stuff. There's, I mean, going back to the original point you were making about the, the aftermath. I mean, just, you know, Robin Van Persie's like, kind of celebrations on the pitch, off the pitch. And um, he said how much he wanted it. And he'd got the taste for more, as you said. Uh, Patrice Ever with some great quotes. Rio Ferdinand Instagramming pictures all over the place, wasn't he, of, of the dressing room. A very interesting one, Robin Van, Van Persie with his six-pack out and Rio Ferdinand's eyes wandering somewhat <laughs> to the Dutchman. Rio's not looking so bad himself, you know. It, it, it's interesting, actually, because we, we, we had a question well, last week. It might week, be rippling, but I don't think it's the muscle. Hero about how much better the 94 or 99 sides are, like how, how badly they'd embarrass this particular side. But I think you, you see those photos of the dressing room and you cannot mess with the level of physical improvements that have happened in the game in the last decade. Because 10 years ago, the photos did not look like that, did they, you know? 
the unfortunate uh, few shots as well. I'm not into Lee Anderson bashing for carrying a few pounds, but he definitely looked like he's holding his stomach in one of those photos when he's got his shirt off. I'm sure it was just an unflattering angle. Mm, did you see a picture of Rooney with his shirt off? Because I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I did, actually. There was one, and it's not not quite the six-pack, the rippling six-pack of his, uh, his, his centre-forward colleague. Sir Alex said that Alison Wenger had said to him when he signed Robin Van Persie, he's a better player than you even know. And I think that's something that there's basically not a United fan that I've not heard say that Robin Van Persie was better than they thought he was. And that's definitely how I feel about it. I can't believe how good he is. I really, really did not know how good he was. You were talking about the the numbers and the twentieth league title and how you, we don't want it to become like a massive marketing gimmick, which of course it's too late. That's happened, and it was kind of a, a thing that came out of the fans really, but but has definitely been seized upon by the powers that be marketing the club, like the fact that they gave Champ Nineteenzians scarves to everyone last season and all that stuff. And it really started with eighteen, didn't it? That was where it all started because Liverpool put that thing up years ago saying come back when you've won eighteen. After criticising the fact that. It's become all about the numbers. It's kind of remarkable. If you think back to when United won the first title after the long drought, the first Premier League title in 93, uh, where the club actually was at, what was it? Eight. Yeah, and Arsenal had won more. Yeah. And Liverpool were streets ahead. So it's just a reflection of just how successful United has been over the last two decades. And and that's all Ferguson, isn't it? I mean, it's incredible, really. And I know looking at him in the aftermath of that, did you get any sense that he wants to quit? Because I certainly didn't. The man's hungry. I think he's probably thinking about next season already. Absolutely not a shred of him wanting to quit. He said it t- took 10 years off him. And and honestly, I don't think he's going to quit. I think that it's more likely that something will happen that makes him not be able to do the job anymore than he's just going to walk away. The, the season can only end one of two ways, in triumph or despair, right? There's no middle ground for Sir Alex. Second is nothing, and, you know, we're more than likely either going to finish first or second next season. And if we finish first, he's going to feel great and want to do it again. And if he, we finish second, he's going to want to not bow out that way. Interesting stat that United haven't lost the title uh, over the last seven years by more than a point. That's just unbelievable. And also, I believe the other stat is we've never finished second and not won the season after. Right. Since we won our first league title. In a period of, of you know, relative austerity uh, for the club. I mean, certainly relative to other, other clubs. And for a long time, United had a were negative in the net transfer spend, you know. And uh, the last couple of seasons have changed that because uh, the funds have been released a little more. But, you know, given the Glazers' general parsimony, it's, it's incredible what Ferguson has achieved. And every year we kind of say, not sure this is the best one. Oh, maybe maybe not 2008, because that really was a good side. But many of the other years we've said, mm, I don't think this is the best United side ever. And you'd say that about this side too, but they might well rack up the biggest points total the club has ever got in the, well, in the Premier League era. And, and the Premier League record too, if, if, uh, if Ferguson's side wins the next four. And, and that's, you know, that's all pretty remarkable, really. Yeah, I mean, I've got so many different things I want to say all at once. It's spilling out of my brain. The first thing I want to say is you mentioned earlier that, you know, Arsenal had won more league titles than us. And now Sir Alex and Ryan Giggs both have more English top flight titles than Arsenal. Not not more, sorry, the same number as, you know, Ryan Giggs has as many titles as Arsenal. And that's incredible because Arsenal are one of the great storied clubs of English football. But Ryan Giggs and Sir Alex both have 13 titles now, which is... I mean, it's almost a more incredible number than the the 20, isn't it, you know? Because there's lots of places in the world where teams have won 20 league titles. Juventus would, of course, claim they'd won 30. Not too many individuals with 13, are there? 
No, I, I mean Ryan Giggs's trophy cabinet is is quite incredible. I mean the man the man has almost won everything. Yeah, and he's still going. Apart from international football, is there anything he hasn't won that he would have been eligible for? I guess Europa League. UEFA Europa League, yeah, uh, he hasn't won that. He won the Old Cup Winners' Cup, of course, and and the Champions League, and and hasn't won any anything below the Premier League level. <laughs> That's true. Funnily of course. enough, <laughs> not really had the opportunity to do that. The other thing I wanted to say is Sir Alex saying very reasonably, actually, I think that nostalgia plays tricks on people because he says he does it himself. You know, you think back and think, oh, he was some player sort of thing. And we all do it. And United, I mean, maybe you could say that the, 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 the treble winning side is kind of empirically provably better than this side because they won the treble. And I don't mean better in relative terms, because again, to go back to that point about physical fitness, the 99 side were not all ripped as as anything. But, you know, they won everything in sight and, and that is special. But of course, it wasn't like it was plain sailing and they were just brilliant every game, you know. Well, no, and and this side will score significantly more points yeah. right, in the in the league. I mean, this side is a a points racking up machine, yeah. and uh, you know, not so great in cup football could be argued, but you know, has has scored loads and loads and loads of points, and that's a fantastic achievement. I mean, look, one of, one of the arguments it's it's really hard to prove or disprove is is just you know how good does the side feel, and, and maybe Sir Alex's contention has something to it, uh, but I, I wonder, you know, it's a personal opinion. Uh, I think that he's. 2008 side was a lot better uh, and I think the 1999 side was you know quite a lot better too certainly in the the style of play and then the 1994 side had something about it a certain ruggedness and and uh, I don't think the football was uh, awfully special in 94 uh, but the but the determination of the side was great you know and and so I kind of think there are a few sides that have achieved more and are better than this one also the one thing you'd say is that 93 94 99 and to a lesser extent 2008 redefined the club in some way you know and, and I don't think this season will do that at all I, I don't agree. I, no, I, I don't quite agree. I mean, I guess redefining on the global stage, I definitely agree. You're right, if that's what you mean. But this is definitely a, an era, a new era has definitely begun with this league title win. This is a new side. You know, there's a lot of players winning their first title in this side. You know, so so there is a certain a certain newness in that respect, isn't there? But I guess if you mean define the club on the world stage, then yeah, you're absolutely right, of course. Um, and in fact, 2008, I think, you know, anytime you win the Champions League, you're redefining the club, right? Right, and the, and the sides fell short of that. And look, of course, Ferguson will point to the bad luck against Real Madrid, and there was significant bad luck. Although, having looked at what happened in the Champions League semi-finals, you'd have to say that United were probably some distance short of the best in Europe anyway could this be the start of a really great side that goes on to win the European Cup because I think that's the benchmark right or maybe we'll find out I mean for sure uh, David Gill said this week that uh, he expects City and Chelsea to spend heavily in the summer and, and he's probably right he, he made one of his you know, non-committal statements in saying oh and of course we'll invest in the side too and you know maybe but you'd expect the gap to close you you cannot believe that City will be as bad as they have been this season and you, you expect that Chelsea one day will work it out and, and actually create some stability we'll see so so the challenge is there and, and, and actually I think Ferguson will thrive on that you know he, he wants that challenge doesn't he that's what he lives off to go back to just after we won the title the incredible celebrations of Rio Rio is uh, he's really good at celebrating Rio Ferdinand isn't he 
And glorious, glorious, glorious scenes as Phil Jones walked around with a flag looking like something out of cast of Glee in that one photo, you know the one I mean. But old Jonesy, Sir Alex said he could go on to become the best player this club has ever seen. (laughs) I think that might have been a a giddy moment of title-winning excess somehow, yeah. It's funny, actually, looking at all the montages and stuff after afterwards, there's so many crucial goals. Like Hernandez, who's, who's really been a sort of slightly sidelined figure for a large parts of this season, but we really owe a lot of this season to some, some of the goals he scored. A crucial hat-trick against Aston Villa way back when. And, of course, the winner against Chelsea from that incredible Michael Carrick assist. Yeah, I owe him lots. I mean, he's got 16 goals this season, eight in the Premier League. He's only started seven Premier League games. You can understand why he says he's frustrated. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's if he wants to go, it'd be hard for United to keep hold of him because Ferguson can't make any kind of promise that he's going to be any more influential or important or play any more games next season. I mean, he's started 20 games all season, you know, another 12 off the bench. He, he's not like he's been injured all season either. So that's not really good enough for a player of his quality, I don't think. And, and he could become another Solskjaer. And I don't mean that in terms of the super sub thing although it's part of that but also just not playing enough games you know and large parts of Ollie's career just didn't play enough games and so there's a question mark there Welbeck seems to feels like he's played more he actually hasn't played that many more games but he has a, a little more and 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 there's no chance that Welbeck goes but I think there is a question mark over Hernandez and and that would be a real shame because uh, I think he's uh, he's a really good player and got lots to offer but he does doesn't have as much to offer as as you know ORVP does he no, absolutely not. The season turned on a few key moments. It's funny, in your report on, on us winning the title, you said that there, there hasn't been a kind of season-defining moment uh, of drama that, that turned everything, but I somewhat disagree with that. I mean, obviously there weren't a lot because we kept coming back, and you think back to that Southampton game and Robin missing that penalty and then scoring that hat-trick and just a crazy explosion from the fans, and that was where the love affair really started with Robin, wasn't it? But, but you know, the, the moment at which it became a marriage rather than a fling was the, the thing which was very early in the season, but basically really did define it, and that was Samir Nasri's, you know, terrible play in the wall, and Robin saying, I think I'll have a shot, and us beating them at the Etihad and kind of really demoralising them when they'd come back and all that kind of stuff and it felt like that really did shape the narrative of the season that game and just that moment well per- perhaps yeah I mean it's certainly not as defining as a, as a Guerrero and all of that and that kind of nonsense that we can firmly put to bed now but uh, yeah for sure okay yeah that was a, that was a major moment in the season I don't know if it's the one that really killed off City's spirit or not I think it was probably too early to do that I think the fact that City just didn't keep you know up with United just kept dropping points I mean effectively United won this title back in February I think you know, that's how consistent the club's been and there there wasn't a wobble not not in the league anyway I mean for, for sure the performances tailed off didn't they but but the points kept coming in you know that that City game aside to the return not long ago there just hasn't been there hasn't been the dip that uh, everyone expected one last thing about Robin uh, in the aftermath. Just his joy was really special. And I th- actually think, you know, all the 20 stuff aside, one of the reasons why this was so incredibly sweet, apart from the fact that, you know, we've got the title back from City, who incidentally had the shortest reign ever in the Premier League era of, of, of champions. So that's some cold comfort from after what happened last year. But the warm comfort was just winning the title. But Van Persie's absolute delight, relief, you know, d- just, just what, 
how much it meant to him. It really felt like, you know, we were we sort of we we're part of the Make a Wish Foundation. We let this guy have his lifelong wish. And there's there's this there's this series of paparazzi shots of the United players walking into a club or bar or restaurant or whatever, and all the players got their head down and you know, just kind of getting past the pups into the thing to start enjoying themselves. Except for Robin, big thumbs up to the paparazzi, you know, just like yes, this is the best day ever. Even you lot get to join in my happiness here. <laughs> Very nice, yeah. Of course, he'll get a, an awful reception at the Emirates, which is a bit odd, really. You know, there's this kind of myth, fallacy going around that he, he spent all his time injured at, at Arsenal, had one good season and, and then disappeared. You know, well, if that's the case, why are they so upset? <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, the, the ridiculousness of Arsenal fans' reaction to that is, you know, it's funny, actually, because you sort of counterbalance that, because I think the closest thing to that that's ever happened to us is Ronaldo going to Real Madrid. And by and large, well, the whole ground stood to applaud when he came back you know I mean, he's obviously got haters with an eight he would have done anyway he had when he played for United because he's a bit of a what's it but that's the closest thing that's ever happened to us compared to what Van Persie did to Arsenal which is leaving for a platform which he feels is bigger you know and for Van Persie it's just insane because they're not rivals anymore and they haven't been for absolutely ages they're not competing for the title it wasn't a terrible betrayal or treachery to go to United it was a, anyway yeah we all we know all this don't we it's much rehearsed but I was happy for him basically yeah and fair enough got what he came for and, and United thoroughly deserved this this title I mean the, the best the most consistent side not the best football ever for sure but but ground out the points you know I mean I guess we you touched on this last week if, if we'd flip the season the two halves of the season and and the run-in had been a bunch of crazy impossible comebacks and high scoring games and and last minute winners and and you know kamikaze defending and all of that it would feel so different wouldn't it you know it'd still be a 16 point Premier League lead but it'd feel completely different it would. brilliant Evra oh, talking of quotes Evra when he's being interviewed and he's like like, you know, I said at the end of last season, we're definitely going to win the league by, you know, maybe even 10 points. I was like, I was wrong. More than 10 points. <laughs> you know, you're right, though. If, if it had been the roller coaster in the second half of the season, we'd all be crazily overexcited by now. But actually, in a way, it's kind of the right way. He just played completely high risk strategy when he thought it was what was needed and then kind of completely changed the structure of the team. And it, it's a shame it sacrificed some of the attacking verve, but clearly it, it really did address the problems defensively. Lots of analysis Gary Neville saying you know we conceded 28 goals in the first half of the season and if we'd conceded 28 in the second half of the season we would not have won the league yeah and and so Ferguson got it right yeah absolutely uh, he can't be criticized for doing that you know even if some of the the football was a bit you know non-united-esque well I mean it's not you know it's not non-united-esque anymore is it you know very true so that was the title uh, number 20 and that's the last word on the numbers I think and thoroughly deserved and uh, United fans can enjoy the summer it'll be a long summer of course because no international tournaments this summer although United do go off on a globe-trotting world tour sometime in July so I guess we won't have to wait that long uh, for football again but we can enjoy the summer <laughs> we will be waiting that long for football again because I am not watching any of the world tour stuff once again I am definitely hashtag against modern football in that regard uh, talking of United fans we've had a bunch of Twitter questions as you might imagine given the outpouring of joy that's gone before and a question my favourite question of the week from one of my very favourite tweeters at strangetimes87 says please will you sing the Carrick song for me why yes yes I will 
It's Carrick, you know. You'll never believe it's not skulls. Oh, 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 it's Rankcast, you know. You'll never believe it hasn't turned out a volume. I have. Uh, <laughs> very nice. And a question that I think this is the hardest question we've ever been asked. At MRMSO79, Matthew Owens says, What was the best RVP goal? Gigs to RVP against West Ham or Rooney to RVP against Villa? Oh, well, I suppose for the spectacular, it's the goal against Villa, isn't it? I think for the technical, it's the goal against West Ham. I mean, the 60-yard ball on the half volley, an incredibly difficult skill. The first touch that takes it straight past the, the West Ham defender and the fine finish with the right foot. So technically a better goal than one at West Ham. But you'd pick the first-time volley after the floated pass any time, wouldn't you, for, for the, just the visuals of it, the aesthetic. I watched both goals. After reading this question, I, I thought I'd do my research. I watched both goals about four or five times, and I prefer the West Ham goal, but it didn't win us the title, uh, and so that kind of has this real aesthetic pleasure to it. But there is something absolutely mesmerising about it. Really, you know, that, that, that goal the other day was incredible and like a technical marvel, obviously, all of, all of its own kind. And actually, I, I bet other footballers probably would prefer that one, right? Because the ball's coming over the shoulder and all that stuff. They always say that's one of the most difficult things you can do. But to kill the ball out of thin air with that first touch, set yourself with the second touch and slide it past the keeper with the third, Especially just come on as, as a sub. I think like by an absolute, by one of Robin Van Persie's grey hairs, I prefer the West Ham goal. He's got quite a few grey hairs. He has. At Liz Worsley asks, will Jones be the greatest ever United player? Will he have Giggs' medal tally and Cantona's aura? No. <laughs> no, but maybe. You never know. But he's got skin for the two of them. <laughs> Absolutely. He does have a lot of skin, doesn't he? Uh, at Big Shimmery Wall says, if you could convey Phil Jones's face in a single noise, would you only use that power for good? I think it's generally pretty certain that we would. We'd use it to get loads of listeners to the rank cast because that would surely be the most amazing noise in the history of man. A couple of important questions now. Very similar. At bifurcated underscore MUFC says if you were ever going to bite Ivanovic, you'd go for the bum, right? Um, and at Mickey Six Chins says if you could get away with biting any footballer, who would it be and why? And you can't have a love bite for Robin Van Persie. I obviously wouldn't bite Ivanovic, as as Brett correctly suggests. I'm a vegetarian, so I, I don't bite footballers. Where would you bite Ivanovic if you had to, Ed? Absolutely nowhere. <laughs> and eat herbs, not serbs, I say. <laughs> good. It's very good. And so what footballer would you bite if you knew you'd get away with it, Ed? How about USA women's team striker Alex Morgan? Very tasty. <laughs> yeah, that's such a cop-out answer, but I, th- I, was, I nearly said you're going to say Alex Morgan, aren't you? I, I am nothing if not predictable. <laughs> Absolutely. At Mbet says, did Paul Scholes actually retire at the end of January but has been too shy to tell anyone? Well, that's it. He's played two half a seasons. Yeah, well, this means he'll be able to play again next season because he's had another half a season break and that worked out really well last time. Yeah, he's got to play in the last couple of games, hasn't he? He's got, he's got to play. I really hope he plays against Chelsea because I, then I get to applaud him again. Um, at JH1993 underscore MUFC says, If Patrice Evra helped an old lady across the road, what would the Scousers find disgraceful about it? I think mocking the very concept of ageing, you know, clearly just absolute disrespect. That woman could have walked across the road on her own, but Patrice Evra typically is going to lie about his intentions and be after stealing her wallet, but in fact pretending to help her because we all know he's a terrible liar and also thinks that people in bombs is funny. 
That, that's right. Well, I, I suppose all that leads into the, the other humorous discussion of the week and, and Luis Suarez. Uh, obviously, an absolutely disgraceful arm smash from Ivanovic into Luis Suarez's teeth. Into Luis Suarez's gaping open mouth. The most extraordinary thing, as has been oft commented on about that moment, is when you watch it in slow motion and you see the decision-making process as Suarez stops what he was doing, gets really angry, grabs Ivanovic's arm, and sinks his teeth in. I mean, complete and utter temporary insanity from Luis Suarez. And you can actually see sanity returning to him as he sort of falls down to his knees as well. I mean, he's a he's a very sort of, I don't know, I want to say like a disturbed character, really, I think. He is. In the Victorian era, they'd have him in a straitjacket in a, in a mental house. I mean, he's got a 10-game ban and people say, oh, that's excessive, he didn't really do any damage. But, you know, he really probably had his past record of biting other grown-up humans taken into consideration when they gave that ban. He likes a bite, doesn't he? I mean, last week's podcast was entitled Horse Nil, Man One After a Geordie Punched Dobbin in the Face. It's clearly one all now. Absolutely. Suarez getting revenge for his equine brothers and sisters. I mean, he's a bit of a terrible bloke, old Luis Suarez, and it's quite sad, in a way, that his ban for this is longer than his ban for racially abusing Patrice Evra. I wonder if... Th- that was a decision that was made on the balance of probability, right, that, that, that ruling, and this one wasn't. Well, I, su- I suppose, but they were very method- methodical about how they uh, laid out how the ban came about, so th- there was no lenience for the balance of probabilities, given in the punishment for the racial abuse of Patrice Ever. The only thing I can think of is that there's, there's a couple of things. Either the FA does not take racism as seriously as it takes biting, or there's an extra ban into the biting incident because of his past record. Now, I don't mean the biting bit, because the one in uh, in Holland with Ajax apparently couldn't be taken into account because it wasn't under the FA's jurisdiction. So, and we're recording this before we've seen the full verdict, but I suspect that will have nothing to do with it. Uh, But his past record will. He's now, will have served 19 games worth of bans without ever getting a card, you know, in English football. So, I mean, he has got cards, but none of them are for for these 19 games. So, you know, the FA have clearly taken into into account his very poor record, you know. And is it harsh? No, I I think the problem is the the ban for uh, the abuse of Patrice Evra wasn't enough. Yeah, you know, and I argued at the time that uh, seven offences, and he, he should have got a bunch of of consecutive sentences, not concurrent ones. Comparisons with other past violent acts, the Thatcher thing. Obviously, he got less of a ban for one of the worst atrocities ever committed on a football f- field. This is true, though, and Eric Cantona got thirty something games, wasn't it? I mean, there's a lot of subjectivity clearly in in you know which piece of violence is worse. So. And I generally, I generally think that when this comparison is made, the wrong conclusion is drawn between the current event and the past event, which is that, oh, well, this past event was only worth this money, why is the current event worth more? The implication being that the current event should be worth less, rather than actually, it's not that, it's that the original offence that it's being compared to was not given a strict enough punishment. Right, I've always thought you were the hang and flog em type. <laughs> well, no, it's just... Look, throw away the key, that's what you're saying. If you're trying to run a... Bring back the cane. If you're trying to run a professional sport and you're trying to market it and keep players safe, because, you know, biting is actually quite dangerous. So you're not going to break anyone's leg by biting them. There's lots of potential for transferable diseases and all that. You know, it's, it's an extremely unsafe practice to just take a bite out of someone. Yeah, Ivanovic might get foot and mouth. 
Yes. Uh, isn't that a cow's thing? Do horses get foot and mouth? I don't know about horse diseases. It, it's hooved animals, isn't it? Yeah, okay, maybe. Ungulates. I only know that because of an old Gary Larson cartoon. But yeah, anyway, if you're trying to run the sport and you see one of the major figureheads of the, the league that you're trying to run uh, biting another player, I think it's perfectly reasonable to come down very harshly that type of activity because you want to do anything you can to stop it happening again. Of course, Mike Tyson got an 18-month ban for biting <laughs> off part of Evander Holyfield's ear. I, I, I forget the name now. An Australian rugby league player got a six-month ban for biting off one of his opponent's testicles. I really wish you'd never said that. <laughs> uh, just all the joy that I had about winning the league is all gone now. It's just all, all slipped away in one terrible, terrible moment. There'll never be joy again. <laughs> well, not for that poor chap. Hold on, I just need to get my joy back. It's Carrick, you know. That's it, I'm happy again now. At Big Shimmery Wall also says, Would Nanny and Ando be better used for generating money by lending them to Nando's for adverts? I think that's a very, very good idea. Well, they're not very productive on the football field, that's for sure. <laughs> exactly. It'd be, you know, a very good brand match, I think, there, wouldn't it? At MDD underscore nine says, Which player do you think would have left the post-match party first? Oh, I, and Paul Scholes, he probably didn't even go, did he? <laughs> You may, may well be right. It might have been Rooney who's gone to spend the rest of the evening in Paris with his new teammates. Phil Jones and Chris Smalling were still out partying at six in the morning. They were well, well past their bedtime. Wonderful scenes of video footage of uh, Welbeck singing the Anderson song very full-bodiedly with, with all the swears and everything. Very good. At Anton Alfie says, if all the money we got from sponsors went into transfers, would you be okay with it? My answer to that is still, like, not to get super serious about it, but my answer to that is still no, because it's it's actually not what's done with the money that bothers me. It's the it's what it does to the spirit of the club and the kind of and wider society. My my issue with commercialization is very specifically the damage that it does to to all of us really in in small ways. So that's uh, but I talked about that at length. Right, okay. So so I'd have a slightly different answer to that one, uh, in that I think if it was a fan-owned club, so if it was Bayern Munich or Borussia Dortmund, then the the reason why that commercialism is happening would be very different. I'm not saying the philosophy behind that would be radically different. You know, commercialization has eaten into the soul of football. You know, I don't want to get all pious about this, but it has. It's changed it uh, completely. It's changed the way that fans react to brands, which is, I think, it's one of the points you're making there. Uh, but if the fans own the club, it would be for the benefit of the club. Right now, it's for the benefit of a of a rich family that leveraged United in order to take them over. So used money that wasn't theirs to get even richer, and then are now using money that's not theirs to get even richer again. So you know. It, it makes it even doubly distasteful. Yeah, absolutely. That's basically the two sides of the argument, isn't it? One is a kind of a commercial. And, and by the way, I'm not talking about something which is completely pie in the sky, like abandoning the concept of shirt sponsors or, or you know. But, you know, in fact, in fact, during the celebrations for the 20th title, I was slightly sad by the fact that all the interviews took place, you know, with the insane number of sponsors that we've got on that little thing that's behind people when they get interviewed after the match, you know, the fake tunnel thing. Because it's, you know, it's, it is NASCAR levels and does not sit well with me. But winning the title definitely does sit well with me. Uh, and the two questions from the two original rank cast question askers at Awate91 and at Happy Hero. Both saying almost exactly the same thing. Do you think that Fergie's going to go for four wins and the record or take the time to blood some of the youngsters? What do you reckon, Ed? I, I hope he's in ruthless mood. 
Hey, look, it's, it's nice blooding some youngsters, but honestly, you know, a bunch of dead rubber games at the end of the season isn't really where it's at in terms of uh, competitive football. They'd be better off uh, into the championship and, and playing a full season. It's much like blooding youngsters in the pre-season tour, then never seeing them again. Uh, so I, I, I think uh, just for the satisfaction of really rubbing it into the blue noses, we should go for a bunch of records. I know we had this debate last season about whether it counts or not. I, I think it does count for something, but, uh, you know, that's just me being greedy, I suppose. Just to go back to your the question of the, the wall of logos and all that, I mentioned for FC United of Manchester, who this week sealed a playoff place in the Evo Stick League. So they can't go up automatically, but they might do uh, by way of the playoffs, and that, that would get them one step closer to uh, being league status. They'd be, I think, a couple of divisions away. I believe their goal scorer on the night wore the number 20 as well. This is rather glorious. <laughs> little moment there uh, they're playing it just up the road for me in a, a away game on saturday and i'm not sure if i'm gonna be able to go or not but i think i might try because uh, it'd be nice to see fc so talking of the games that are coming we are going to play some more football matches this season even though that seems like a rather redundant thing to do but there is as you say still the chance to get this wonderful record and Ah, oh, little Arsenal, eh? Shall we have a guard of honour for them or not? Oh, I don't know whether we should, since it's a bit weird PR-wise, since clearly we sort of sold them this title on a plate. Yeah, I, I can't wait for fake Arsenal fan Piers Morgan's face uh, when the guard of honour comes out. I mean, you know, the man who tweets almost by the second that, uh, was he calling Robin Van Perstrings, uh, given that Van Persie turned down a much larger contract for Manchester City. It's, that one's a bit redundant. And then calls for Arsene Wenger to be sacked each week. In fact, call for Jupp Hanks to be re- his replacement. Jupp Hanks, who's retiring in the summer. Very well informed, isn't he, Piers Morgan? As equally well informed about football as he is about current affairs and politics and how to successfully run a newspaper without running a front-page story accusing soldiers of peeing on people when it didn't happen. The, the idea that this man has any credibility whatsoever is absolutely insane. Oh, wait a minute, he doesn't have any credibility whatsoever. But yeah, hopefully we'll win against Arsenal. That'll be good. I did hear talk that Robin Van Persie might be rested out of some sort of weird act of diplomacy on the part of Sir Alex. That seems far-fetched. I think he'll be leading the team out for the Guard of Honour and then banging in another hat-trick just to rub it in some more. Yeah, absolutely. What is going on in the Champions League semi-finals, Ed? Germany greater than Spain, clearly. Yeah, Germany uber Alice. Whilst the league title glory has not faded any, it was slightly upsetting to see Bayern Munich buy Mario Goetze for 45 million euros immediately after we won that title. Pep Guardiola clearly relishing a really difficult challenge in the Bundesliga, taking the side that's won by about 50 points and uh, adding their nearest rivals, one of their main creative forces. They've got a shortage of attacking players at Bayern, you know. Well, from Gomez and Ribery and Robin and Tony Cruz, who, who didn't play, uh, and Mary Goetze add to that, and all the talent they've got in midfield as well. You know, it's uh, it's scary stuff actually. They they could really build uh, an empire, Bayern could, because they they are in a great financial position. You know, they believe it or not, drive more commercial value than United by some distance. Although that is from a couple of very major partners, so it's slightly different. You know, they're fifty percent plus one share owned by the fans as well, so the is run to be a club and that's it i know this is a radical idea in modern football but it exists to be a club i mean it's quite wonderful that i mean obviously like the the second legs could happen and but you know if it is a, a bayern against Dortmund final it's an absolute triumph for the fan-owned model isn't it the, the model of football clubs for the sake of football definitely can't be too sad about seeing that can you 
Right, and, it, and there's some commentary about whether this means Tiki Taka is dead and then the German <laughs> brand of football is, is now it. I mean, Bayern and Dortmund, uh, they don't play exactly the same, but they have a similar style. It's, it's counter-attacking. It's fast-paced, flowing counter-attacking style, which, of course, is the one that Jürgen Klinsmann effectively you know, brought to Germany. They had a... It, this wasn't by luck, right? They had to think about it, and he, he's very clear about this, Klinsmann. He said, you know, they devised a strategy to build a type of football that was about fast-paced, young, vibrant, attacking counter-attacking football and that's exactly what's happened it's kind of gone through the, the Bundesliga and I don't watch loads and loads of Bundesliga football I watch some because it's you know it's on ESPN so there's plenty of games on and stuff like that and it's, it's good stuff it's a good quality league obviously it's a league based around the fans which is really good you know and uh, and you can get cheap tickets you can pay for some very expensive ones too if that's your thing uh, but you can stand on the terraces or, or sit down when you have to in the European games and, and pay 12 euros or 15 euros for it and, and yeah that's incredible stuff yeah absolutely and it's a real shame that safe standing is just not realistically on the agenda in England because you know that there's no intent in English football to make it more fan friendly well so look if safe standing is a, is a set of technologies that is you know is adopted widely in Germany then then we have very widespread unsafe standing all through the lower divisions yeah this is not about safety or not safety this is a political issue and you can understand why of course you know in the, in the week that the 24th anniversary of Hillsborough was marked and all of that you can you can sort you of course you can understand why but it's it's the wrong debate right bringing back standing to premier league grounds would not increase the you know unsafety of those grounds no and um you know but there's just no there's no will to make football more like you and i would like it <laughs> i don't think i think the powers that be in football are perfectly happy but at some point football eats itself you know that's the, the that I think is reality, and actually the the cup final stuff's all happened this week, hasn't it? The the, the cup finals going to be at five fifteen on the Saturday, even though that means that the people that want to come and watch it almost literally can't get home afterwards on public transport, you know. And the, the FA are a, a terrible joke when it comes to kind of fan friendliness and all that stuff. And and I for one welcome our new German overlords. Interesting in historical context that one. <laughs> of course, you know you're 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 part German, aren't you, and, and part cheesy eating surrender monkey. So you know all, all kinds of mongrel you are. I am, but the part of me that was German very much lives in England because of the fact that it wasn't allowed to live in Germany anymore, based on that. that. But anyway, yeah. So football, we get to play Arsenal. They'll be super up for this after the ignominy of having to give Robin Van Persie a guard of honour. I think it was Oate that said there'll be a massive queue to swap shirts with Robin at the end of this game. They get to win Robin's league title winning shirts up for grabs. Yeah, I'm not sure they'll be allowed to do that in public. I mean, you know, the Arsenal players are going to pull out autograph books as well. (laughs) Yeah, well, they virtually did, didn't they, in the game at Old Trafford? Uh, that was one of the most one-sided games this season, actually, wasn't it? That, that game at Old Trafford. You can't imagine it's going to be like that again. Arsenal obviously having their the pressures off surge at the end of the season. Now they're out of all the cups. Of course, but pressures off United as well. So we can we can go out and play with an attacking side. Let's let's put eight past them. That's what I'd like to see. Uh, the, the fact that Phil Jones's hangover is like more distorted than his face. His face is even more distorted than it normally would be because of the strength of his hangover. Uh, there's, there's definitely going to be some. I mean, I know these gentlemen are very fit, as as we talked about at some length. But surely the fact that they're all out till six in the morning and that they, you know, they literally don't have to worry at all because they could lose this twenty nil and it wouldn't matter. I, I, I don't know if it's going to get the best out of our lads. That. The other side of that is, and I agree with you, and I think that the actual the season tells you that there'll be a little bit of complacency creeping in, and it doesn't matter, and the edge goes off their game, and you saw the second half getting filler. So um, the logical 
argument here would be that United's performance will drop quite significantly because that's what's happened through the season. Um, the romantic argument says that there's no pressure on them now. They can go out and play some free-flowing football. They can remove the shackles that have been on for a while when they've been chasing points and being disciplined and focused about it and they can go and play some really nice football and there's enough talent there to put a lot of goals past Arsenal. That's the romantic notion. Yeah, absolutely. I think in reality, I actually think we're going to lose this game. That's that's what I think, because they really do have a, a pretty desperate need for points because Tottenham's win over City, which obviously was, I don't know, did you, oh, we haven't even talked about that, but that was a really distinct part of the narrative of the last week. Um, did you watch that game? I, I certainly did. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, Gareth Bale had like four touches and had a hand in three goals. Yeah, I mean, just brilliant because, you know, they've got some Tottenham friends and weird t- Twitter alliance between a couple of prominent Tottenham Tottenham tweeters and, like, just a, they're just a nice bunch, basically. And so I was, I was just ple- I kind of want them to get fourth anyway. Uh, and the fact that that kind of really benefited us was just a lovely, lovely, lovely moment. I mean, it was so exciting. I know, I know, like, the league's been won for ages, right? I don't know if you've... You, you seem to have been just completely assured that this was going to happen for quite some time. In fact, you wrote that piece, didn't you, about, about hubris and how it's only hubris if it doesn't turn out to be true. And actually, the league was kind of won in February, really. Ah, uh, yes, well, United is constant as a northern star, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, hubris, arrogance, whatever. It's, um, but it is kind of logical. I mean, you couldn't possibly have seen United blowing it twice in a row. Um, coming back to Spurs, a great performance, wasn't it, in the second half? I mean, on that performance, they do deserve to get something out of the season. It'd be tough for them, of course, because some tough fixtures coming up and uh, Arsenal have a, a better run-in, I think, um, even though they do play us. Uh, of course, Chelsea play us too. Uh, I think they've got a better run-in than Tottenham as well. So those two look like uh, favourites for the third and fourth spot to me. But you know, you never, you never know. Of course, United's victory over Villa puts Villa in some serious trouble. I mean, Wigan have got some tough games as well, but they've got that game in hand. It could all come down to that last game of the season at the DW Wigan versus Villa. Yeah, although I don't know if Tony Pulis's Stoke revival, based around the fact that they beat uh, QPR, is going to be sustainable or not. So hopefully Stoke will still be in it, because that's definitely, definitely my dream scenario would be Tottenham in the top four and Stoke in the bottom three. That would be, be lovely. And that, that would be very nice, definitely the Stoke bit. <laughs> it seems unlikely and I really wouldn't like to see Villa go down because I really do want to see what Paul Lambert can do with those kids next season because they, there's some real talent in that side and it would be really nice to see it in action indeed indeed but you know that's for that's for others to worry about uh, all, all we need to worry about is uh, 20 titles all we need is Shinji Kagawa Shinji Kagawa I was sad when he missed that glorious opportunity at the end of that game thought it was going to be a, a Norwich Mark II, uh, only for it to be lashed into the crowd. But, I, I, you know, I'm also, as you said last week, you're a bit nervous about Fergie not using him properly. But Ben Hibbs from ManUnited.com saying that he really did get the feeling that Ferguson was looking to start building a side around Kagawa next season. So, uh, Well, um, if he does, there's not much room in the side for Wayne Rooney. Interesting. And he, of course, he plays in central midfield. And, of course, Paddy Crone says here, his money's on United signing a central midfielder and that midfielder being Luka Modric. The thing about Paddy is he's he's very, very nice. But if you were going to divulge any transfer secrets, would you divulge them to Paddy? I do not think you would because they would very quickly end up slightly drunk on 606, wouldn't they? That's how it talks Exactly. Sport. So uh, let's let's dismiss anything that Cronin says. Uh, it would be very nice. I, it would be an excellent signing if Modric was the target. I really don't think he is. I made a vow that we've got to save ourselves something to talk about for the rest of the season. So... 
We are. So we're not going to talk about transfers. We're, we'll have a whole transfer rancast at some point because absolutely nothing will happen in the United versus Arsenal game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm so happy, Ed. I also had some incredibly good news in my personal life that day. Work situation, brilliant stuff happening for me. So it was just an incredible day and like obviously still on the high from the birth of your little ones. So it's glorious scenes around Rankcast Towers at the moment. Now, look, I, I told you earlier that uh, against West Ham and Stoke, he yep. cried. Was there a single tear apart from a tear of joy when United beat Villa? None. None. He was just sitting there going, oh, None. what be my Percy? Oh, what be my... That's going to be his first words, you know. Not going to be mummy or daddy. It's going to be, what be... So I guess that's it for the week, isn't it? It's been a stunning week for United. Champions again. Uh, City humiliated. How far have they fallen from grace? Amazing scenes in the Liverpool versus Chelsea game. And Suarez getting his just desserts. <laughs> Very lengthy ban. I don't think there's too many United fans feel sorry for him there. Some incredible stuff in the European Cup. Just makes you feel a bit nostalgic that United couldn't have given it a better shot this season. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. I think some strengthening has to happen for United to really give it a shot. But uh, German football certainly on the up there's the challenge for united isn't it you know enjoy this moment but it'll go very soon because that's the ferguson way think about what's coming and and there's a real challenge there for united to go and try and strive for absolutely well fergie has had his one good day a year hasn't he that's he's had his one day of happiness and that's it now he's he's almost certainly not thinking about how it was won and thinking about how to win it again next time and how to improve on that because i maintain that whilst there are some problems at the squad and i I don't know whether ferguson's going to address them properly there is the kernel of something building in that squad that could be absolutely incredibly special and genuinely up there with the greats of all time you know sides you know i agree there's the kernel of that i think there's some way to go but you know hey we're going to enjoy this moment we'll be celebrating all week i don't know about your hangover but mine's gonna build i think and and i'm really looking forward to the arsenal game really looking forward to it because you don't have to feel nervous about anything <laughs> no it's really nice isn't it and no no hangover for me obviously except i stayed up till about 11 oh. which was really oh. crazy late for me on monday night am that's how wild you are <laughs> So if you want to get our attention between now and next week for any reason, uh, you can get me at UTD Rantcast on Twitter. Get Ed at United Rant. We didn't get 100 extra likes on Facebook. I don't think we got any new likes on Facebook, Ed. So facebook.com slash United Rant if you want to make us feel less lonely on that part of the world. UnitedRant.co.uk for all or at least some of your Manchester United reading content related needs. And you can review us on iTunes or you can chuck us a few shekels for the season just gone at UnitedRant.co.uk slash donate should you fancy doing that yeah thank you for those that did it's going to pay for our holiday over the summer no i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> i'm kidding champions champions ole 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 so ed one thing it's it's time for that annual time where you sing something on the rank cast we won the league surely you had a little bit of a sing song no no
Wow, that was amazing. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Incredible scenes, Ed. I always knew you had it in you. Uh, well, you know, it just goes to prove that Steve underscore MCFC was right when he said I was a fat bastard. <laughs> All right, and on that note, Reds, we won the league. Beautiful. We'll be back next week to talk about it some more because surely a week won't have made us forget all about that. Predictions, I guess we still got to do them. What's your prediction against Arsenal? One all. All right, sounds good to me. I'm going to go for 2-1 to United. A painful RVP winner just, just for the lols. Very good, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>